closing the gap between men and women in a given country, those countries are far more economically competitive, far more prosperous. Hello and welcome to this podcast from the International Monetary Fund. I'm Jocelyn Frank. women can create a trickle-down effect for communities, states, and national economies. Microloans to women have been shown to be very successful at injecting new energy into emerging economies. The IMF has studied the impact of small and medium-sized enterprises and found them to be tremendous catalysts for growth. And when it comes to women-owned small businesses, they're often called the missing middle. Milan Vervier believes that boosting such businesses can do wonders to support and nurture the economies of the world. Vervier served as ambassador-at-large for global women's issues with the Obama administration and is currently the director of Georgetown University's Institute for Women, Peace, and Security. When I spoke with Ambassador Vervier, I asked her to first explain the barriers to entry that women face, which keep them from economic participation. Almost always women confront extreme difficulties in raising the capital, getting the credit they need to start their venture. Some have to do with the lack of training or access to a mentor or to a network that can advance her work. So there are a variety of hurdles and obstacles. I think today we are at an inflection point. We have a long way to go, but that said, women are moving more and more significantly into the economic arena. And increasingly, because we know this is the right thing to do, it is an absolute moral imperative, but we also know that it is the smart thing to do if we really want to grow economies and create jobs and give everybody a better life. Would you tell me more about what you mean by making a better life? How do you make the case for more women in the workforce? The consequences of doing right by women really are benefits to all of society. Small and medium-sized enterprises, so-called SMEs, are what the World Bank has called the missing middle. This is the area of economic activity and progress where you actually grow economies that benefit all of society. Women-owned and run small and medium-sized enterprises are accelerators for economic growth. It is one of the surest ways to be able to move economies forward. We know also that women's income has a multiplier effect. When women get an income, they spend it differently. They spend it on their children, on their families, on education, on health, on the kinds of things that raise up the standard of living for their family and their community. We are realizing that increasingly the profitability of companies depends on the purchasing power of women. From the World Economic Forum, an entity that looks at economic issues worldwide, we know from their annual gender gap report that closing the gap between men and women in a given country, access to health, access to education, political empowerment, and economic participation, In those countries where the gap is closing, and nowhere is it closed, those countries are far more economically competitive, far more prosperous. And in a way, there's no surprise in that, because if you're using all the talents of your society 
men and women, their experiences, their perspectives, and it's brought to bear, then you're going to see positive results. You've gone on the record in the past in support of quotas in some cases. Critics sometimes argue that it's not helpful to put more women in the workforce if you simply substitute women into positions that were previously held by men. Tell me why you think quotas are a necessary tool in some contexts. Well, in some contexts, I feel it is a necessary tool. Uh, There are places where women's political participation, for example, would rarely, if ever, be realized without some sort of affirmative step that's taken to ensure that. So let's take Afghanistan as an example. Today, you've got significant numbers of women in the parliament, on provincial councils, active in their society. And in that case, a quota was chiseled into the constitution that was adopted that ensured that half the population, more than half today in Afghanistan, could actually participate in the political process. When it comes to quotas in other areas, we know that some countries, for example, uh, have adopted quotas for publicly held companies for their boards of directors because more often than not, it is extremely difficult for women to break through. The data confirms that where women are in these high-level positions on boards, for example, the correlation between their presence, at least a critical mass, three does correlate very positively to the profitability of that company. So what one sees today are quotas in some cases, in other cases, targets that are set, in still other cases, a spotlight that is mandated on publicly traded companies, for example, to release data on the numbers of women they have in high management. And then I think to your question or the comment that you made at the outset about Is it enough to just fill a position that, let's say, was previously held by a man? Well, that's really not the goal here. The goal is to ensure that people who are qualified, talented, have a perspective and an expertise, get that opportunity to really make a difference. Milan Vervier, director of the Georgetown University's Institute for Women, Peace, and Security. She was discussing the importance of supporting women's participation in the global economy. To hear additional podcasts like this one, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash IMF podcasts.